And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Gentleman Overlords. It's me, Andrew. It's Rootin' Tootin' Andrew. And with me is... Hot and fresh, Max. <laughs> hot, hot and fresh, Max. Uh, I'm uh, I'm uh, wrangling Robert, I guess. <laughs> wow. I love this. Uh, guy, I Max, I don't know why hot and fresh made me think of that... Um, <laughs> What Pizza was Hut, the, the big and tasty that that McDonald's oh. burger <laughs> that I always called the big nasty. The big nasty. I always I I always thought it was the big nasty because I think you called it the big nasty so many times. Yeah, but it was big and tasty, and I think like the slogan was "It's big, it's tasty, and you'll love it" or something. And I remember you oh, really yeah, wanting what? you wanted the poster for that real bad. I did. I wanted that to be my slogan. It can still happen. I mean, the big and tasty is gone. But it, it lives in my heart. It lives in your heart. But what I'm saying <laughs> is nobody else has that slogan, at least not a, a McDonald's hamburger. That's right. I'll just have to swoop in. <laughs> get to the get to that trademarking office pronto. <laughs> Post haste. Uh, guys, how you Rob doing? Big nasty. I'm doing so good. So Great. good. Rob? Yeah, doing pretty good, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about some uh, movies we've seen. Don't you forget about me. Look my way, girl. Something (laughs) breakfast. Movies we've seen. Have Either of you seen some moves? I have indeed. Um, I watched Black is King, Beyonce's uh, visual album. Oh, yeah. I've been meaning to watch that. Ever since I saw Adele promote it, I've really wanted to see it. This is really more of visual albums we've seen, but I will allow it. (laughs) (laughs) It's hours. Or uh, over an hour. I, I would count it as a movie having seen it. It's not time, my dear boy. <laughs> I did uh, Guava Island the other week, so. Huh? That one's another kind of visual album-ish thing with uh, with uh, Donald Glover and Rihanna. But uh, Black is King's pretty amazing. I definitely recommend it. Um, yeah, it's odd in that it's very... Um, very artsy. It's got a lot of a lot going on with it. Um, yeah. Uh, do you guys know anything about it? I I saw no, that. Not really. Yeah, I saw this on Disney Plus, and it's Beyonce, and I I haven't really delved into it, but I it's on my to to watch list. Have you guys seen Lemonade? I've heard. No, I haven't of, seen that. I've heard most of Lemonade, but. Okay, yeah, I think they did another similar thing where, like, you can watch through the whole album. Oh, okay. Um, and so it's a bit like that, but a, a bit more, I would say, a bit more than that. And uh, it's just a celebration of blackness, and it has, like, it goes into the cosmic realm, and it goes into history, goes into the future. It's some cool cool stuff. A lot of neat costumes. Goes into the, quant- the quantum realm, and then... Exactly. Uh, it it reminds me a lot of Black Panther in that it's kind of like that Afro Afro futurism mm-hmm. thing, uh, um, and it does kind of revolve around uh, being a king, the monarchy idea, what that means, and I thought it did a really good job of kind of touching on stuff because there's a lot that I, you know, dislike about royalty about having people above other people and they kind of like uh touch on that every time i ha- i kind of had like a little nitpick with it it was addressed within like a lot of the the stuff uh th- they do a lot of clips of people talking and in the middle of that they would like address a lot of that interesting i mean I, 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 i've been meaning to see it and the and the, the more you're talking about it the more i am i'm being in sort of like 
I, I'm pushing myself to now watch it sooner than I probably would have. Mm, yeah, I recommend it. I think that it's uh, it's really visually impressive. Beyonce's always got great music, um, and it's it's inspirational in the way that I feel like Black Panther was also inspirational of just like having a different context. It's really disappointing, kind of disappointing is such a uh understatement i think you know our our country what it has done to black people is awful and um we've never really dealt with that we've never really dealt with the fact that even if everything were equal now starting today that so much damage has been done previously uh that it can't work like that. It can't just, okay, we're, we're done doing this. There right. has to be reparations essentially, yeah. you know, in whatever way that means. And I feel like this is one of those things that does a good job of showing like, um, it, it takes a lot of visuals that, um, I guess like, as a white person, I would be used to seeing like portraits of, of white people in positions of power, I guess. So it does all these things that are kind of like retro um, and kind of like, it kind of builds a history. Of course that, that history exists and it's not like made up, but um, I don't know exactly how to describe everything that's in it. There are a couple examples of like Beyonce as the Virgin Mary and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like um, just kind of showing a different way to look at things like uh, white people. We have the the option to just have so many of those things in our life. I think that like George Lucas made that um, red tails movie uh, because he said that black people didn't have a John Wayne, just a hero that was a hero that you could look up to that you know, there wasn't like some ands or buts about it. It was just a hero that you could grow up looking up to. Mm-hmm. You know? And I saw that with like Black Panther when I was watching, um, just when the trailer came out, I was watching some reactions online and people like crying and basically, you know, like this is, you know, the first time I felt represented, the first time I've seen this thing, just like to have a superhero that represents you. I was like, well, damn, you know, like I could pick any one of a hundred. It's, it's awful. It's terrible. Wow, you think, um, you think you're you're like a hundred heroes? Wow. No, but I, I yeah, think, I mean, like, I think like you, like what I get, like I, Robert, I know you're kind of having a little fun, but <laughs> you little scamp. But uh, I, I know what you mean. Like I was, you know, it reminds me of I was having a conversation with my boss, and you know, uh, my boss from a couple of years ago, and he was talking about which of the superheroes his son most identifies with, and he was able to say Captain America, Spider Man, all these like Iron Man, the characters that you see on screen that are all white. Like, he has this litany of characters that he gets to then say, like, well, maybe, you know, I get to, you know, like, I see myself most as Captain America. I see myself most as whoever. And you have, like, as a white person, you have a slew of people you get to choose from. And you even, you know, someone could say, like, I really do feel like I, this part of Tony Stark represents me and this part of Batman represents, you know, like, I see myself in this. Whereas, like, yeah, if you're black growing up in America, like, to to see Black Panther, it's like the first time you've seen like you know other than you know we like Blade, but like Blade was you know hardly a a, a superhero, a disgusting half vampire. Exactly, <laughs> half vampire saw something themselves in something, but um, there's there hasn't been a lot of representation in that in that avenue. I see what you mean, Max. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of it for a long time was just like. Uh, superheroes with electric powers for whatever reason. You had static shock and you that had, is, there is a lot um, of yeah, like electric black heroes. That's so interesting. Black lightning, I think, was another one maybe. Electro. Storm. Yeah. Just like uh so that was a weird thing. I think there's been a lot written on that, but um 
as it, it's being it's like giving someone a superhero power but it's not that threatening or something here you can have this one yeah exactly so uh so when i first saw that when i was looking at the um the reactions it kind of struck me just like wow this is uh pretty powerful uh the like something that you didn't realize was missing that i probably should have realized that it's not one of those outward like you're taught about the really you know terrible racist stuff but just like the the bits that are missing right the pieces that other people don't have that you take for granted that you don't even think is is something building you up but just knowing that people have done something in the past that are somewhat similar to you regardless of what it is skin color or anything or gender or or whatever just knowing that somebody has uh made it is just kind of proof that you know it's it's within reach for you so i i I think that this one does a great job of kind of building that up giving uh uh, a history where you can see uh, uh the possibilities the potential and so I, I thought it was pretty amazing. It's also great music. It's also a lot of great, great visuals. And, and I recommend it. I think cool. if you guys get a chance, if yeah, you guys have awesome. Disney Plus, uh, definitely watch it. Yeah. And then I also watched uh, Hamlet from the 90s. Hamilton. The Hamilton on Disney Plus. Uh, it's, it was a... One of those kind of modern, modern '90s um, takes on Hamlet. It was grunge Hamlet. Yeah, Hamlet goes to the mall. It, yeah, he's he's in the city and he's very emo. Smells uh, like it, Teen Hamlet. Exactly. That's the 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 soundtrack for it. Um, God, and now I'm forgetting his name. Uh, it was Hammy. Hammy, Hammy was his name in this one. Exactly. They they changed it up. They modernized it for all the people in the '90s who are named Hammy. Ethan Hawke, that's the guy. So Ethan Hawke is playing Hamlet, and it has the main guy from uh, from Twin Peaks playing the king. Julia Stiles is in it as Ophelia, and uh, Liv Schreiber is in it, and Steve Zahn does a great job what? Uh, in this one. Yeah. Steve Zahn is, ah, I forget their names. They're like two guys that the king uh, has hanging out with. This is a, uh, this is a real Hamlet. movie that you're describing? <laughs> this is, this is I a real movie. Max made this up. Check it out. I mean, you'll you'll have to rent it, but it's it exists. Uh, and it's Hamlet. It's one of those kind of like um, when Romeo and Juliet came out. Uh-huh. Uh, and they have modern day takes, but they're still speaking in the, the words of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a little bit weird. I wouldn't put it on the same level as the uh, Romeo and Juliet. Um, wow. I was kind of on my phone for the the last ten or twenty minutes of it, but uh, it was it was interesting. And it's also kind of like a time capsule where you go back to oh yeah, that's what the nineties were like. That's how big the pants were, and all, so forth. <laughs> wow, you're. I mean, I I doubted that this was a real thing, but I'm looking at the at the the Wikipedia for now. Yeah, Bill Murray is in this. As oh uh, yeah 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 Bill Murray as Polonius. that's what like that's what the pants were like and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a weird Jeffrey Wright is. In this, wow. wow, what a weird Jeffrey Wright wearing Jenko jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Julia Stiles definitely was wearing something along those lines. I believe it. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a watch. It's a watch. <laughs> I spent some time watching it. Uh, and then after that, I watched a mix of the two. Um, I watched the the new Lion King movie. Oh, how was that? Uh, it was um, it was very interesting. I don't know if I liked it. I feel like some of the magic was lost bringing it over to um, like the CG, but the CG is very important. No. i know i wasn't expecting i like i avoided watching it i wasn't really all that interested i didn't really see the point of it but um but because uh it's based on hamlet and because Mm -hmm. like the blackest king had a lot of clips from it uh, 
Yeah, it because Beyonce is in it. And I'm actually wondering if Beyonce's contract to do uh Lion King had something in it for Black is King. It was like it was like Black is King, like you have to have at least twenty percent Nala songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, it starts with uh clips of James Earl Jones and they're taken from Lion King and he's talking to his uh son about becoming the king and so like throughout the whole thing there are a bunch of different clips they have uh be like clips from beyonce from the movie i believe clips from uh donald glover and probably a few other things that i if i went back and watched it i would recognize the the crossover uh some more Hmm. but um but i did think it was interesting it's also interesting that james Earl jones carries over like he he does mufasa in in both versions um that is interesting but I think the weirdest thing is that, like, thing is so realistic that it kind of, uh, it's a, it's strange. You, it's weird to see the animals dancing around and speaking and and doing all that, and they can't quite uh, go as wild with some of the movements. I think so, and that was... facial expressions. So some of that stuff doesn't really carry over. Yeah, that was sort of the, the criticism I saw. I saw, you know. Put to it at one point was like, if you do the side by side, like the Hakuna Matata song, for example, it just like it's impressive that it looks realistic, but like the fun of it is like Pumba jumps out and kind of grabs the vine with his mouth, and it's like in this fun yeah. style. Like it's I'm I'm it's cool that they can do like animals that realistically, but I guess it would make more sense if it was in its own new context or something. Because like you said, it's the the if they're realistic, they can't like sing and have the big grins and stuff like in the other movie. It's this. It's this line they're walking. It's technologically, it looked really good, but yeah, and the color palette too. Like during the, um, not I just can't wait to be king. I forget one of the one of the early songs. Maybe it was that one. Like they go down to the pond, and everything is kind of like this pastel, bright, like um, just kind of an assortment of colors that don't show up in this one at all oh. and and scar is like the same color as mufasa because they're both lions and they both look like lions but in like they're really easy to distinguish Isn't there no scar song in this one in this one what's going on oh i just had asked if um was there the scar song in this one i thought they like didn't include it no it's in there oh um I think most of the song, most of the movie is fairly similar, like uh, stacks up side by side, essentially. Like uh, they add a couple changes in lines and stuff like that, but they're, they're really. Wait, would you say lions? Lions. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> they change the lions out. <laughs> uh, but it, I feel like it does have some of its own things to bring to the table. Uh, like I, I think the, especially Timon is really cute. Little meerkat running around, in in a different way. I, I there's a lot of stuff that's like, cool in a different way than this. Cool in the way that like animals are just cool when you watch them on the Nature Channel, and like, uh, Pumbaa does. He has this point where he's like kicking the hyenas around, and he's just spinning around like a pig would spin, kind of when they're going nuts, and that's something that wouldn't come across if you just animated it, but like by hand, uh, or, or at least it didn't in the old movie, but in this one, mm. it's just like pigs are kind of cute. <laughs> that specific pig fighting detail you think was missing from the original. I don't think it was missing. I just think that this new, uh, version does have or existing. I think that it does bring some of its own charm to it. So it did lose some of the magic. It also, replace like i wouldn't say it replaced it and i wouldn't say that it lived up to it but it has some of its own arm to it Hmm. i'm just being impressive i think it does have a little bit of magic in the way that uh the animals move in the way that they kind of you know represent real characters even though that also does make some of it like worse when you have the lions fighting it almost seems like they're going to take chunks out of each other and when they're like flipping the 
hyenas over the edge of the cliff into the fire you're just like don't do that those are animals exactly it's, i don't know that. i think it works a little better when there's there's that level of there's a cognitive dissonance know, from yeah they're so goofy and they're so they're like they're closer to a because they're disney characters they have a style and an animation to them that like not that they aren't gris- very grisly disney deaths but um i don't know it just feels a little a bit more in line with the storyline and stuff like that. Yeah. And then like the theater, I thought it was where the theater had cards or it spelled like barbecued hyena beef <laughs> that you scratched. <laughs> you had to go to a, a true, um, Oh, what was the D box? You had to go oh, to a D box theater. <laughs> no, no, this was like an old 1950s drive in. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, went to the concessions. I had to have a scratch and sniff card. There was a double feature with, um, was another line uh probably like aladdin the live action aladdin probably <laughs> yeah oh when i was that, someone would come I through with a sand blaster that. and shoot you that, that would be an experience that i would not want to go through <laughs> during this uh time that we're living we, we could just quote you that would be and then dot 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 an experience <laughs> <laughs> put that on the cover of the streaming service Anything else, Max? Uh, that's it for movies. Wow. Rob, did you say you'd seen any movies? I no, not not the other than unless I didn't write one down and I was uh and I was uh derelict in my duty. So, I usually do. I think I just had TV. So enthralled by whatever you saw that you didn't even write it down. Yeah. <laughs> um I am in the process of watching Zombieland Double Tap. Um I was watching mm. this afternoon. <laughs> um Wow, what a timely movie made right at the precipice of its popularity. Um, something that people yeah. have been begging for and just like asking Ruben Fleischer, please, we need to go back to Zombieland. Um, and I'm just going to say, for the first 30 minutes or so that I've watched the movie, the actors also seem to feel exactly the same way. Wow. We're so excited to be back. We're the, these lovable characters, Tallahassee, Little Rock, Columbus, and, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever. So, like, I like the original Zombieland. It's probably, I haven't watched the original one in quite a while. I'm guessing if I watched it now, I'd be less enthralled by it than I was when I... There is a, there's a scary zombie clown, too. There is a very scary zombie clown, and they revisit the clown thing pretty early on. Um, but yeah, I, I anticipate finishing the movie. We'll see, but, um, we'll be be proud of you if you do. Thank you. Um, first 30 minutes, I was a little, um, I mean, they, they just like, they're just hitting the, the greatest hits, right? It's like going to see, uh, Bachman Turner overdrive at the Springfield mall Uh, and then yelling, say no more, say no more, say no more. Um, and then get to the work and overtime part. Yeah, it was. Um, it's 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 something. So that's really hey, anyone here. Anyone here work overtime? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. Anybody here want to see Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin go off on their own again? One, two, Do- three. So. Double tap. <laughs> Anybody want to see Jesse Eisenberg list off the rules again? <sighs> So, oh geez, they do just they go over the same steps. It's tell I, me he, tell me he puts a Jolly Rancher in a zombie's mouth. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah, Holly Hunter plays the first zombie you see, and she's. <laughs> I'm looking for some brains. If somebody here can. <laughs> what on earth is this accent? <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that's uh, Zombie Land Double. Why don't you come up and see me sometime? Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, the first 30 minutes of Zombieland Double Tap. Why don't we get into wow. some TV shows we've seen? <laughs> TV shows we've seen. We've seen. <laughs> Rob, I want you to lead us off with these TVs, huh? Ooh, I watched almost, maybe almost all the way up to the half, well, maybe not quite the half yard, but a third of Cowboy Bebop. Wow, this is sounding like a real Max journey through a tv show yep. i don't know when did i start it yet um <laughs> no it was really good at, it's all streaming on hulu i don't know if it's like the remastered one that i bought at um uh, 
think I bought it at Suncoast Video back in the day. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. I was a member. Um, (laughs) And um, and they told me I was the only one. (laughs) Um, They're like, kid, what are you doing? Um, It's great. It's a great anime. I'm I'm certain I've I've talked about it uh, on a bunch of episodes. And um, the soundtrack, I think what inspired me was that there was some, I saw some article like maybe a week or two ago that was said that... uh, the whole like soundtrack was up on Spotify. And I just remember there's just like lots of little stings and pieces of the soundtrack that I remember so vividly, even if, even if the entire song isn't represented in the show. So sometimes you do hear it and you're like, Oh, I remember this part. And you hear the whole song. And you're like, oh, okay. Maybe I don't, maybe I need the whole song of this. But uh, even so it's, it's can't not be evocative. Like I, it's, they're too tied together. The, the songs will always remind me of bebop. Um, but it was really great, and I was just kind of watching it and streaming it. A few other folks were watching, too. It was nice. Good times. Uh, highly recommend it. I don't recall whether... I know, Max, have you both watched it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, just, I'm always, like, basically down for a rewatch. I love, I love that show so much. I feel like I need to watch the movie again. Yeah, I plan on dropping that in. There is, like, kind of a... a suggested sort of time that it takes place chronologically only because like the whole crew is still around and it's sort of uh there's a high right before it i don't remember what episode it is like 22 or something but mm-hmm. if you drop it right in there it's just kind of an extended adventure and then it kind of fits in to the rest of the series but um yeah it's really good i, I plan on uh putting that in in there like that nice yeah we are still trying to work on the live action version of it oh, that's oh right. no oh i hope not <laughs> it's just like it's great as a series and it's great like there's a couple episodes that like you obviously like the, the crew members get introduced on but i like that there is the running theme of kind of like spike's backstory and overall there's also like a lot of bottle episodes where it feels like it starts they need to get a bounty or they're starving or they're in the middle of a mission and then something else kind of tips them off. And it's just like a great, like little serialized show like that. And I mean, as much as I would love more, I'm almost happy that it just sort of exists in that perfect, just one long season or, you know, one season in that movie eventually. With Joel McHale as Spike Spiegel. (laughs) Wow. I feel like uh, I keep hearing Spike's voice in, um, in like TV shows that I watch and, and some video games. I'm playing the the Marvel superheroes game right now, and I think he might do Wolverine. I think he might do a couple other characters. Yeah, uh, why can't I remember his name? That's I should know. He is a very prolific voice actor. I can't remember his name either. Right, this moment. Oops. But... Oopsie. Real name is Spike Spiegel. We all fucked up. Robert. What about you guys? Have you guys watched any uh, other shows? Max, how about you? Uh, I just finished off um, the Downton Abbey and realized that I had actually seen uh, the whole series before. Uh, but it's good. It's really, it's fun time. And I still I don't think I've watched the movie, but once I watch it, I'll let you know that I have already seen it. We'll see. I'm, I'm looking up this, the... Spiegel voice actor oh, now. Steve Steve Blum. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah, he's pretty prolific. He's in a bunch of the Arkham games, and I feel like he not that he doesn't have a variety. He, not that he doesn't he, he can't sound different with his voice, but um, I feel like I can pick him out. I feel I feel like I hear him in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Max, was that it for your TV? That's it. That's all I've watched in terms of TV, okay. as far as I can remember. Okay. How about you? Uh, I, I've i continued to watch Smallville, as I mentioned on a previous episode, and I was talking to you guys, or at least Max, before the episode started, and saw the focus of our previous episode, Mr. Dave Batista, in an episode of Smallville, and I what? think it might have been one of his first credited acting gigs. Um, he's... Like I think it's like 2006, so like he was like pretty, still pretty, like entrenched in his WWE run. 
So I like, yeah, he and he has like one line, which is just like, where is Kal-El? So very fun to see Mr. Dave Batista. And um, other than that, uh, sports are kind of back. So I've been watching a lot of basketball on television, WBA and NBA. So what a great time to be watching basketball. Are they doing uh, fake crowds? Like I've seen some of the other in the in the nba they're doing fake crowds so like they have like what they did is they have a they have a video wall that goes around the perimeter of the arena this little you know basketball gym that they're playing in and they pipe in fake crowd noise which i'm not a huge fan of it kind of it really sounds like it sounds like a video game and then on the walls they have like fans can like zoom in or like you know facetime in and like they're what it's like their their faces are kind of all plastered throughout the the arena, and so mm-hmm. that's kind of like a f- I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a fun thing. Um, but the piping in of crowd noise, I think, is very weird. I don't like it. Um, but for the WNBA games, you're just listening to the announcers. You can you can hear the players talking to each other, which is kind of fun. And like, so uh, you know, it's like. I appreciate like they they have the usual like arena like music that they would you normally be playing but it's they're not piping in fake crowd noise which is it, I it feels I understand why they do it from a TV perspective but it it feels very rinky dink to be piping in crowd noise to me which I, I don't know how how much variety is there like <laughs> oh like there's like it's just it's the normal like <sighs> Oh, like it's it, there's not a ton of variety. It's just usually like fake cheering or whatever, and then but like, like is someone is someone like live? So someone live is trying to like play them like a soundboard. Yeah, there is like a per like an audio person oh who is God. like yeah, cr- like yeah. So who is your daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> they, like do the Arnold. <laughs> I'll behave when like yeah, it's it's very like a lot of movie <laughs> drops in it. That would be much fun. That would be much more entertaining if, like, all of a sudden, just like, dude, what if they were, what if they were like, what if they're like, you're on fire, like, right when they were dunking? Oh, right? boom shakalaka! Yeah, some like NBA Jam stuff. I think that would be creative, but like, so far, it's just like, yeah, or you know, whatever. So that would add like the Twitch element, and then especially if like the players could hear it, you could like razz them with like sound alerts, like like Twitch. Yeah, it'd be great. What Make basketball idea. more annoying, I say. <laughs> That's what, yeah. Good idea, Rob. I'll I'll pitch it to And you. I like Twitch. <laughs> so when you're watching the WNBA, do you feel like the sounds are missing? Do you feel like No, it, no, no, no. I I think it's like I think it's an unwelcome ad- addition to the NBA games. But Max or uh, he Andrew also watches the WNBA. He puts it on black and white and he plays like do 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 like old timey music when he watches it. Yeah, it's like, play it like a little bit sped up. Yeah, <clears throat> and then like when the announce when the announcers are saying something, it's just it's a word card that comes over the screen. <laughs> the Seattle Storm are taking the ball down the court. Yeah, and then someone travels and it's like scene missing, and then like they get in the ref's face, like, "Hey, what you to where do you think that scene? What the?" <laughs> that's the only, that's my way of watching basketball, anyway. So sounds uh, like a good way. I looked it up. Also, uh, Batista before he was in Smallville. Uh, was an uncredited wrestler in the movie Relative Strangers. I think that was the only other thing that ah. he did uh, unrelated to wrestling. Uh, Relative Strangers. Everybody's favorite movie <laughs> that we've all definitely heard of. Um, speaking uh, of speaking see, of movies that we've all heard of. With Danny DeVito with in it. Danny DeVito in it. Uh, guys, why don't we take it to the next level and talk about Jumanji, the next level. Oh, I pronounce it too. Um... How did you guys feel about Jumanji, the next level, the sequel to Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, the sort of sequel to Jumanji? <laughs> um, how, uh, 
how did I feel about it? I mean, it was, I mean, I liked the first one. I think I believe I'm on record uh, as saying I enjoyed the first one. Um, it probably was diminishing returns and there were some choices that just didn't make it as fun for me, but I think overall, I, I think I liked it well enough. Uh, what, do, what do you guys think? Yeah, I went back and I rewatched the first one. Wow. And then I uh, watched the sequel and I was very disappointed by the sequel. I was once, once again charmed by the first one. It was uh, better than it had the right to be. And then the sequel just turned into exactly what you would expect from it, from a sequel. But not what you would expect from the first movie. I felt disappointed in that way. I don't think that they caught what the first movie had going for it. Yeah. What about you, Drew? That's interesting. I, I, it's It's been some time since I've seen Welcome to the Jungle I I think probably the distance between watching that and this, I did enjoy this a little more than I was anticipating. And part of that is the charm of um you know in the first in the first the first semi sequel, um The Rock, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillan, and um Jack Black are all playing like teenagers. And mm-hmm. so in this one, spoiler, the the twist is that one of the teens gets left behind and instead uh, Danny Glover and Danny DeVito end up being two of the, like the, the avatars are playing them. So now we're getting Kevin Hart being um, Danny Glover and the rock being Danny DeVito, which like for the, you know, the hour and 15 or hour and a half or so of the movie that they are portraying those characters. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I really enjoyed uh, Kevin Hart being Danny Glover. I thought he did a very good. I thought job. that was a pretty good. That was a pretty good like fit. And like watching, like it's funny. I was wa- like watching this movie, and I'm watching The Rock be like a wimp and like afraid of everything, and like even get like kind of knocked around. And I'm like, this is the same guy who has in his contract that he can't lose a fight in Fast and the Furious, and in this one, he's like. Uh-huh getting his ass whooped by like baboons and you know all these like cg creatures and i'm just like yeah but he also like levels like a city of of minions too that is true yeah but it just it's so i enjoyed the movie i think like like i said i think the distance between watching welcome to the jungle which i think is is probably a better movie than this one uh having the distance between the two i think helped and i enjoyed the i enjoyed the next level i think it's too long it's a little over two hours which i think is <laughs> is, is too indulgent um but yeah i it's when i was talking about um like zombie land going back and revisiting too many beats from the original this this also kind of suffered from that too where it's just like okay we get for sure like the and then also like there's certain things i now i'm getting into critiques of it um there are certain jokes that they revisit too often. And then there's things that they just sort of like, I don't know if the, the intention is that they think that you are so in love with the Jumanji franchise that you're just going to remember all these like little character things about them that like, you're like, I don't know how long ago did welcome to the jungle come out like two or three years ago. It it feels like it, but I time is moving so strangely, Andrew. I, I couldn't tell That's you. That's a great point. Um, but it the the idea that there are these like character traits about these people that you would just have held on to for a couple years, like the fact that Karen Gillum's character, Karen Gillan, whichever, um, that her character especially is dangerous when there's music playing. Like that, that was going to like when Kevin Hart uh, brings out a. There was a off. scene. There was a scene about her like dancing, and it ended up being like she was able to incorporate that into fighting in a scene in the first one. I remember. Right. And then um, like, Max probably remembers. And then like, like yes. way in, towards the end of this one, they bring it back in this way that it's like remember this, and it's just like I I kind of do, I but it's not this like it's probably it's probably satisfying if it's back to back. Because they, what's that? The thing they established too is not just that you. At one point, they all hit their chest, and you can see their stats and everything. But a lot. But one of the plot points is that stuff is a little randomized. So they they either have they sometimes have like a new positive trait or a new weakness. Uh-huh. 
and they also and like weird stuff like they like the revelation of what switchblade weakness is for the rocks character mm-hmm. um and then um you're you're right they do call back some of the specific <laughs> traits oh sorry go ahead max that was so dumb, that switchblade weakness. I thought that was so stupid. It was just not worth the reveal just that it's not a switchblade, it's just a guy and then it's just that he randomly like, I think at one point he shoots a rocket and kills everyone. <laughs> right. There's, there's a couple of moments where they all lose a life simultaneously and then everyone like walks away because they're like, well, they're dead and it's like, well, that's because they're NPCs and they have three, you know, two more left. But uh- if if the rock specifically has a weakness to this guy named Switchblade, but then everyone equally loses a life to Switchblade, shouldn't they all have that same weakness? It just seems stupid to me. It doesn't mean that they can't. You can't perish a Jumanji to something that isn't your weakness. I just think it's that he was he had this bravado, and they shouldn't have even like been that close. And then Switchblade was able to kill him and everyone else. But I don't know. It was. The other, the whole other thing too, and that that's no, maybe they also have weaknesses like 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 what? Oh, I, I was just going to mention the cake. Like the cake, uh, he barely touches cake and explodes in the first movie. And they, they that's another one that they bring back a couple times in this movie that I didn't think was worth bringing back. But like, if Switchblade is the weakness to the Rock, it just seems weird that you know cake would would make Kevin Hart explode. But uh, Switchblade doesn't, you know, instantly make the rock explode. He just launches. I was hoping it was going to be like he would anyway. be like impervious, like he would get into a physical fight and switch. Well, wait, that, that did. I guess didn't did Switchblade like pick him up and punch him away or something? Or am I thinking of a different character? I think it was a different character. It's the there's like a the main villain like picks him up and you're right him towards the end. yes. See that see that's more makes more sense. Where it's like he's just like he just like that's all of his strengths are his weaknesses against him because like he can't punch him hard enough and he can't like, you know, kick him away. So I don't know. that was just like a weird, it ultimately just felt like for a joke to be like, this is his girlfriend that is sat up. And then also uh, her boyfriend, his name is Switchblade. I did like the flashback that the main villain who was um, the hound, Sandor Clegane from uh, Game of Thrones uh, killed uh, Bravestone's parents when he was a child. And it did cut to back in the day with the rock with his cool mustache as like his own father. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, uh, he was also Lurch in the, in hot fuzz. Oh, um, the, Oh, that's right. Yeah. With the big, the big teeth. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was trying to think like, I liked the part with the mandrills. Like I thought that was like exciting enough. I think I, it's a bummer because I think you touched on earlier already, Andrew, like I thought like Kevin Hart was a good fit for the Danny Clover um, character, but I felt mm-hmm. like I didn't like the rock as much as Danny DeVito. No, that I think my, my problem both with Danny DeVito uh, or yeah, with the rock as Danny DeVito and with um, Jack Black as fridge. I thought that, they weren't yeah. really doing very good impressions of the people. They were yeah. just doing kind of like generic stereotypes. Yeah, I, I, I and not not that the, not that the characters aren't in the beginning like supposed to have you know enough variance from each other that like you can get. I do like that about the first one that you get a good enough idea of the characters beforehand that the representations from the bigger actors are like come through. But I don't know, it just wasn't a good fit. And then when they introduced the element of the pool of water that can change their bodies i was like oh cool now we're gonna get a lot more like variants of this now they're gonna switch up no they didn't like they they went back like that that was the part that bothered me the most and i feel like it it eliminated any uh opportunity for this movie to do well what one thing that i wish is that they had um changed into characters that fit them more in real life like what happened at the end of that at the end of the first movie the uh the main guy i forget his name steven or or spencer or something like that spencer spencer so he um you know kind of gains the confidence of being the rock right he's inhabiting the body of the rock and he kind of becomes that and molly is that uh his girl the they end up dating at the end of uh the movie Uh uh-huh martha so um 
Spencer and Martha both are kind of the quiet types, and then they inhabit the body of these, uh, like, outgoing uh, athletes and um, end up gaining that confidence from that, right? Uh, And she kind of carries it into the next movie, but he completely reverts. And so at the beginning of this movie, he's again in his shell and has to go through the exact same character arc from yeah, the first movie I, I think, again. And, I think and it's then, kind of like that he is worried that she doesn't like him now that he's not that person anymore, but it's like just com- it's completely wrong. It's like I understand why he would feel that way, but I think it's just that I, I think he maybe felt I think that's kind of how they sort of tried to explain it at least was like he didn't. It was, it was not interesting, I have to I, say. I, I don't disagree, but and but what I was hoping would happen from this thing, kind of when when they do first switch and Fridge gets the powers of Ruby Roundhouse and he's finally able, oh, I can, I can let loose. Like I've kind of been hindered by, uh, you know, being this character who's not able to do stuff. I'm an athlete. I'm able to do these things. Now I have Ruby Roundhouse and I can do all this stuff. And he goes and runs around, flips around. So, uh, and then he brings up the point, like we have the, the guy who can communicate with animals is the slowest speaker among us. And like, it's not working out because of that. We all have the wrong characters. We should be doing stuff that, you know, suits us better. And so I thought they were going to go to the idea of they are able to then switch and pick characters that kind of represent who they are in the outside world in the world outside of it. And in this movie, rather than, being faced with the idea of being someone completely opposite of who you are. Uh, like, so the outgoing, you know, like the, the preppy girl who's uh, like on Instagram all the time and obsessed with what people think of her then becomes kind of a, a chubby dude with uh, a beard. And uh, the big athlete becomes super short and uh, with no endurance. And the little wimpy kid becomes uh, big and strong they go with the opposites in that one in this movie. I thought they could do the opposite. Everyone takes kind of a character that fits them well. And so the fridge would become the rock earth and, and just uh, kind of show that um, the, that maybe the choices they've made in their own life were for a reason and that they're good at these things. And they kind of uh, learn to love who they are, right? Not who they could be if they if they fixed everything that was wrong with themselves or whatever. Yeah, there's a little more character uh character uh development and like I guess like introspection and like development in the first one versus this one it just like it it feels so I mean obviously it's a sequel like it it is determine so much on how you feel about welcome to the jungle and the characters from welcome to the jungle that like, and the song welcome to the jungle and the song welcome to the jungle. I'm sure people just like got out of their seat and started jumping around as soon as that guitar riff hit in the movie. Um, but like, it's so determinate on like how you feel about these characters from the movie that like, I mean, that's, that's any sequel, but like this is, it's just, it's just hitting, like you said, it's hitting so many of the same beats. It's going back to, you know, like it's not other than having, you know, Kevin Hart be Danny Glover and the, the rock doing some approximation of a impression of Danny DeVito. Um, you're not like the characters are really not doing anything new. There's not like a, like the characters not really learning anything other than Danny. I like the addition of uh, Aquafina. That's what I was. I was going to bring that up eventually, but I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I thought she oh, shit. was shit. She's she's great, and like I think she was a very fun addition to the cast. But again, like that- Nick Jonas is doing absolutely nothing in this movie. There's no purpose for him to be in it whatsoever. Like it for hey, the- we did get that sweet Colin Hanks though. That's true. That is true. But like it, it would it would be nice, you know, if you're going to go back to to like like you said, Max, like having. Maybe having them all sort of play different versions of these characters rather than the last, you know, half hour or so, they just go back to the characters they were in the first one. Yeah. That would have been 
been cool if they journeyed and like got to the point where they all got to get back to their own bodies or something. I don't know. They're, and they, you know, if you want to talk about the ending, they do tug on the heartstrings with the relationship between Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito and Danny Glover's characters is that they owned a restaurant back in the day and Danny Glover eventually like had to retire because he would, you know, just couldn't do it anymore. And there's been a grudge between them for so long. And then it's revealed later in the film that Glover's character is sick. And that's one of the reasons he came to kind of make amends. So when it's introduced that there's sort of a, I would almost call it like a, a free character, the horse. Yeah. Um, they, they sort of cleverly are able to swap bodies around until they get the right combination. And that makes Glover the horse. And then he is able at the end to sort of live out however long he has just soaring the skies because apparently the horse is also a pegasi or something. Yeah. I, what did you guys, I thought that the, one of the biggest like faults of the movie is that I think the bad guy sucks. Like, I think the villain of this movie is not good. Yeah. You know, like, uh, nothing wrong with the guy who performs it, but it's just, like, it's it's an underdeveloped character. Could you look up the, um, who's the, is it Carnivale? Who's the guy in the first one? It's Bobby Carnival, yeah. Yeah, and he has, like, he has, like, a a green glowing eye, and he has, like, an amulet that can summon, like, animals and stuff. I don't know. It's not, like, it wasn't breakthrough or anything, but it just felt, like, more relatable for like a video game kind of villain. Well, also it felt like he was like, it just, there was more like, it's, it's so weird to me that this is a two, two plus hour movie and they can't really give a lot of screen time to the villain. Like there's no point where you're like, like I, I'm not even into, I, I, I finished watching this movie three hours ago and I'm not entirely clear what his purpose in the movie was other than to get something from the whole thrust with, um, Oh gosh, why is his name leaving my my brain? He's the narrator NPC. Oh, um, uh, Reese Darby. Reese Darby. Reese Darby um, says that he came down from the mountains in the north. I did like that they introduced that there was like you know more environments in Jumanji. He came up from the mountains and he had started raiding these lands and took this gem that that provided fertility to all the all of Jumanji and hid it from the sun. And that if he married off the sister of these two brothers and they united that Jumanji would forever fall. But it just, I get that from like a video game mission standpoint, but it wasn't, it wasn't super engaging and it took so long to get to his castle to this like, kind of like, kind of like fake wedding exchange thing. It wasn't, I don't know. It was it wasn't as engaging for me. Yeah. And like, I think the, the, one of the pluses of welcome, sorry, Max. Um, uh, one of the pluses of Max, Max, mute yourself. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Max. Um, one of the pluses of Welcome to the Jungle is like them having fun with like NPC character archetypes and like yes. doing stuff like that. And I feel like that was just not present in this movie whatsoever. Like there's just they did a little bit of like the zoological with the I kind of I think I kind of like the scene with all the ostrich that was kind of fun. Um, and they reminded me of like they were weird like hard build not ostriches that were sort of like Jumanji creatures. Like they were a little a little extra, you know what I mean? Sure. But that was, that felt kind of unique for that, for that, for the movie. Max, what were you going to say? Uh, yeah, I forget exactly, but you guys are reminding me of one thing that I hated about both movies. Mm. And that's how little that they tie in with video games. And, uh, I, I think it really, I feel like they're being tugged in a, a few different directions and it, uh, leads to, to it not really making sense. So in the first, next they had they each had three lives. So that's like it's like a video game. That's essentially all they had. <laughs> and they, they, again, they meant like I thought. Okay, this is their chance to redeem themselves, and they just did the the couple like the maybe two things that actually seemed like a video game from the first one again. Like what was that? They did menus, right? Like they each have their uh-huh. their strengths and weaknesses, which aren't like. No video game is like that either. You have five characters. Now you have seven characters. They all have to work together. There are certain points of it where you you like can't get through it without having all five characters playing. Each one, like some of them are allergic. Some characters are super weak and they can't. It's do like anything. Maniac Mansion, but also it's like Dead Space, where like there's no pause menu. Like when you bring up your stats, you're still playing, and something can come, like kill you right away. Well, it it is weird that they 
they don't go into that kind of like pause menu or anything like that. They don't. They don't. I mean, they have the menu for the kid. Oh, that's actually a fun idea. That would be really fun if they because this version is the whole thing with this version is they kind of like the the game system was rebuilt, which is why it was sort of glitchy that they came in as the wrong characters or never even got to pick them. Right? Yeah. Um. And so like, one, oh, sorry, one, char- one character was still outside, so yes. they could have had that character changing options oh. or uh, game wow. or doing any. Like, if you think about a video game for more than two seconds, you come up with like a hundred different ideas that they didn't do in this game. Max, that's a really funny idea that like she like in desperation like pulls a microchip or something from the from the thing he's working on and like stuff like you know randomizes or changes. Oh wow! Yeah, and glitches coming in or whatever. Like they really do not play around with with that idea, which I think would make it good. Now, and, Max, there, that, there is one thing I have to say though that is very video gamey. When they're running across all those um, like br- suspended bridges from the uh, mandrels, there's mm-hmm. a part where I believe it's um, Ruby Roundhouse's character dies, and then when you respawn, you always fly from the air like just back down to the ground. But she just respawns in the air and then basically like hits a bridge and like falls again. And I was like, yeah, that is like a video game to bullshit respawn you like over a pit <laughs> where you can't. <laughs> I think I think Max is also like one second away from pitching that uh, the character who is trapped outside of the game has to go visit a uh, a game tester that lives in the neighborhood. Well, yeah. a handsome a handsome game tester. And so ultimately the hero of the movie who's able to uh, <laughs> fix the game for her and get them and out. everything about being in a video game. You just and don't gets the girl. <laughs> yeah. Gets the the barely the barely nineteen year old girl. Oh my god! Yeah, thanks for going. You know, he gets with Colin know. Hanks. But th- that's what she is. Colin Hanks like sees Max and like leaves his family. He's like, oh my god! god. <laughs> I didn't know we had this game yep. tester living in the neighborhood. My god. Um, those are solid. No, I'm all joking aside, though, Max. Those are solid pitches because yeah. you're right. It's it's video gamey on such a surface level. It feels like video games pitched by some, uh, an executive who watched by, who walked by their kids' room, seeing them play a video game exactly. once. Exactly. And now it's now it's two movies that are stacked with that. And I feel like a lot of stuff like it carries over from the very first movie, like the the real the original Jumanji, uh, because that's a board game, right? And it has these riddles that they're using in this one. Like, every time they mention a riddle, I'm like, what video game has a riddle like this? Like, when are you ever given a a quest to do with some stupid riddle that you have to figure out? That's but that's was... just thinking over from the original board game. Yeah, I was uh, I was thinking, the like, throughout most of the movie that, like, this is reminding me more of a D&D session than a video game. Yeah. In- including the, like, character strengths and character weaknesses. Like, that is like that's like a D and D class thing where it's like this character is strong in this, but it's also weak against this. Like, th- like you don't play Metal Gear Solid finding out that that Solid Snake is you know strong with this but weak with this. Like, that's not a vi- it's not a video game thing. That mm-hmm. is like it feel it did it definitely felt like a like a tabletop gaming thing. Well, I mean, but that is the that is kind of the idea, right? Is that that in the first in the Welcome to the Jungle one, it's sort of the Jumanji transformed into a video game in order to be played like it, it had to sort of transition into something it's not a good video game but it, it, here's the thing that bugs me about that though in the original jumanji it was a board game and you played the board game and at certain points in that board game you would be either transported to an actual location called jumanji right or some of the inhabitants of Jumanji would come to you. So if it were a one-for-one, it turned into a video game, you would be playing that video game until you got to a certain level that would then bring some of the Jumanji characters out into the world, or you would get sent to this Jumanji location. You wouldn't then be in a video game. Like when Robin Williams gets stuck in there for 20 years, he's not in there going across different like board game pieces. He's just in a jungle. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean, the, and that is the that is the divergence too, right? That that um, Nick Jonas, uh, Colin Hanks' character, is able to uh, in the first one return to the point where he uh, disappeared, whereas in the Robin Williams version, the whole thrust of the movie is that he has been gone for as long as he's been trapped in the actual game. So, yeah, like he come he goes in there a kid and comes out an adult. Uh, maybe it's just because the the new video game one has like save states or something. 
Uh, guys, speaking of the original Jumanji, how charmed were you when the return of Aunt Nora from the original Jumanji? Oh, I didn't even realize. At the at the end when they're in the diner, um, Danny DeVito walks into the diner for the first time since they sold it, and guess who's running the diner now? Aunt Nora from the first Jumanji movie. Yep. I did not even realize. I guess I should have gone back and watched that one, I too. I didn't realize until I read the Wikipedia page when it was like, and so-and-so makes a, a cameo appearance returning as Aunt Nora from the well, I mean, I had my movie. I had my Aunt Nora shirt on. I was all, I was ready for it, so I was you know I, I was already a big fan. <laughs> you knew it was coming. Oh yeah, um, and that is that is the other thing that that they sort of attempt to connect everything is that the sort of the little sting at the end is that the video game er, is is manipulated by um, somebody, and then it sort of it, it, it lets Jumanji bleed out like it did in the first Robin Williams one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that could make a more interesting movie. Sure. Well, and also uh, a favorite of our podcast, Lamorne Morris plays, you know, uh, has a uh, 30 second uh, appearance in this movie as the repairman who Mm -hmm. comes to fix their heater and says like, whoa, is that a video game system? Let me touch it. (laughs) As all repairmen do whenever they enter our homes, like, whoa, video games. Do you mind if I, and then, I, I guess the implication is that uh, uh, Spencer's mom and Lamorne Morris are now trapped in Jumanji the video game. Oh, you think so? I think they're just dead. Oh, well, <laughs> I guess we'll have to find out in uh, Jumanji the threequel. Just the opening Sque- scene is just them getting brutally killed by ostriches. It's the, it's the squeakquel to Welcome to the Jungle. Um, so... I, it sounds like none of us are particularly positive on the movie, but would you give any sort of, like, would you say, like, is there any qualified <sighs> recommendation you could give for it? I think if you, li- you like the first one well enough, you, you, could, you could do worse, but it's, it is like a disappointing sequel, and I think that they had a, a good formula that, I think, Max, you, off the dome, came up with like a lot of fun ideas to, to add some video game elements that could have freshened it up. I don't think the, the, the switched characters was the exact thing that could have been an element of it at one part. I think that would have been funny to have the characters, you know, like the character randomizer goes off or something. But I think incorporating the fact that it was like rebuilt, that it was like glitching the whole time would have made it so much more interesting. Like what if the villain changed like mid mid fight or something like, you know, I don't know that I think there was, they could have done a lot more and you. It feels like you pitched things just that, that would have been immediately made it kind of superior. Yeah, I I think so. <laughs> um, so it's I, it's qualified for me. I think if you liked it well enough, it's fine. But it, I wish it was. I wish the sequel was as good, at least. And it's it's just not to me. Yeah, I feel like if you like the first one, watch the first one again, and then don't watch the second one. I I, I really think that it's kind of like a um, it was enough of a disappointment that um, ha- having liked the first one, that there's really no need to watch it it's uh it's better just to watch the first one and they the new stuff that they introduce does not bring it forward in any way they bring in the two old characters and they spend uh at least the first hour just like not figuring out that they're in a video game the the joke that they keep coming back to is like oh we're in a video game yeah, it's set up to be like if you up. did just jump into this one, then they have to completely almost like set up the first movie again in a way. Exactly, and it really feels stale at this point. They all lose one life immediately, basically. Like they all pretty quickly lose a life to make the stakes higher. Yep, but then they uh, bring in some other characters that haven't lost any lives uh, up to that point later on, so they could throw in a couple more deaths. Um. Yeah, and I think also like the, those two characters, their character arc, there's something to it, but there's not a whole lot. When um, when Danny Glover's character ends up staying in the game, uh, Danny DeVito is the only one who knows that he has a terminal illness, and that's the reason why he's staying in there. All the other characters, and at this point, there's like seven of them. All the other people, uh, he just says, "I'm going to stay in here as a flying horse," uh, and everyone's just like, "Oh, okay." 
they have no idea that he's doing it because he has a terminal illness. They're just like, yeah, okay, see you later. That's a, yeah, that's it's, a fair critique of the movie. It's just like, and I felt like as somebody watching it, that's They're like I'm posting not, it to like live stream fails. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I, I'd avoid it. I'd give it a soft recommendation. I think if you like. Uh, Welcome to the Jungle enough. I think there's enough in it that I think you'll at least enjoy it. I I can't give it like a strong recommendation. I wouldn't like if you choose to not watch it, I don't think you'll miss out. Like if you like Welcome to the Jungle and you decide I'm going to skip the next level, I don't think you're going to be sad having done that. I But I think if you like the movie, I think there's enough in this that I think you will at least enjoy it. I think it's, it, you know, I, I really wish it wasn't as long as it was. It feels too indulgent, <laughs> self-indulgent being two hours, but otherwise, um, I, I think, yeah, I just think there's enough in it that if you enjoy the franchise, you'll enjoy this. But again, I can't give it like a really strong recommendation and good news guys, according to the director, there's another one in development. Hell yeah. So, Max, I think like, you should get to pitching these video game ideas before they put... Well, hopefully they're, hopefully they're listening to Gentleman Overlords because we've had some good good suggestions on both of them. They didn't listen for the second one. That's right. Which they should have. That's right. But hopefully they'll be listening for the third. Yeah. All right, guys. And even with... Go ahead. Even with my non-recommendation of this one, I would still say that it is likely that I'll watch the third one. Same. Wow. Yeah. All right. It's, in, it's on the books, guys. <laughs> 20, 2023. You can look forward you got to Jumanji uh, 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 video game return. Android. Perfect. All right, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Awoo. E-